Hello, friends, and welcome to the Reset Button Online. My name is Carlos Alvarez, and I am here with my friend... Sharon Mahano. And we today have a special guest. She goes by MJ. She goes by Miss Jackson, Jackson. if you're nasty. But this is our friend, Stephanie Brown. Hello, friend. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she had to offer today. No, guys. Today, we are bringing a, I would say, a pretty serious subject, right? Like It is. It's, very, it's a pretty strong one. Very personal. And um, MJ wanted to share her. You're going to hear me call her MJ, Miss Jackson. Jax. Jax. <laughs> I mean, just about everything. <laughs> and Miss Brown is not because I'm making fun of her. It's because that's really her last name. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But Miss Jackson, <clears throat> she wants to share her story with us because you went through something that was very life-changing for you, very eye-opening, and you wanted to empower other people, men and women, that might be going by your same situation, which is, having to do with domestic violence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess it was my first time really noticing that I was in a domestic violence situation, and this is the worst it ever gotten, but it definitely was eye-opening. So it got to becoming a physical abuse. Yes. And there were other um, signs that perhaps you may be ignored before it let or overlooked mm -hmm. right before it actually happened and before it actually became physical there was like mental abuse and there was you know like putting you down kind of stuff and you know why don't you share um, a little bit of exactly without having to go into great details of what happened that night um but share with us what 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 went down um so it was a Wednesday night I remember everything. It was a Wednesday night, January 15th, and I had just had a great day at work, got my hair cut by Sharon, thought I was hot stuff. We went to the farm, and when I went home from the farm, I left the farm at about 12, midnight. And, I remember that. <clears throat> yes, um, and I remember calling or texting him for a ride and um, to come and get me, and he's like, okay, I'm on my way. And then when I went outside, he wasn't there. And I was like, well, where did you go? And he was like, well, I went home to go to the restroom. And I was like, why didn't you just come inside and go to the restroom? But anywho, we get home and um, everything was fine and chill. We were just like kicking back, talking. Both of us were a little intoxicated. So we were just kind of hanging out for just a couple chilling. hours. Yeah. Chilling at home before you went to bed. And... um. I think we went to go turn in at about 2.15 and I was washing my face and he was still upstairs at the time. And I asked him a question about some money that he owed me. And it just kind of stemmed from there. He kind of was just saying, well, oh, I'm too intoxicated for you to be asking me about this right now. And I'm like, oh, that's weird because drunk people don't know they're drunk. And, um... So I was just like, well, I've been drinking too, but this is no excuse. Long story short, he um, ends up nose to nose with me as if to... Like he was going to fight you. Yeah, like as to inverbally <clears throat> dare me to say something else. And I don't back down. And so I did. I said something else. And 
I just remember his fist coming towards my face in that moment. I never felt it because my body went into fight or flight. But right, you were full of adrenaline. Adrenaline at that point. It just was like, okay, you got to live now. And um, I remember seeing multiple blows come at my face. And then the next thing I remember, we were in the closet. And I was on the floor and he was over top of me. And I can just remember taking my foot and kicking him in the face. And he got off. And after that, he would just freak out and go into these tangents. And he was like, I can't believe this. I still wanted to marry you after everything. And I'm like, you're delusional. Look me in the face when I say I hate you. I never want to see your face again. And then he jumped on me again. And that's where the scar on my neck came from because he was trying to choke me to death. Um, I'm not even sure how I even got away from those grips that time. Um, maybe it was the dreadlock that I found later on on the floor. Maybe I pulled his hair out and that gave him, got him to oh, let no, me go. Oh, no, not maybe. <laughs> you did. So well, that was the one thing that actually brought me a little bit of joy was the fact that you and you know what? And I think it was Haley that actually put it that we both thought about it at the same time is that, you know, once your salon family came to the rescue and we were all hanging out with you and we were, um, you know, just having fun or whatever, laughing, you know, but you, at this point you had already left the hospital. You were in a sling. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was the day that he was coming over to pick up his belongings. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I saw the dreadlocks, <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny now, you know, look at them. <laughs> Miss Jackson ended up with a little bit of a souvenir, but, <laughs> you know, she, she had to take her little souvenir. But to me, it was it was kind of scary to see that, yeah, we were laughing about dreadlocks, but in my mind, you were like, you were fighting for your life mm. at this point. Absolutely. And for it to be to that point, I'm like, holy crap, like, this is... This was real. Like, this actually happened. It still gives me chills to this day. Just seeing those dreadlocks, which I would have turned into a keychain. But that's... Besides- that was my thought. But, you know, <laughs> BB packed it. <laughs> but anyways, it's it's just one of those things. And guys, one of the reasons why we're talking about this today and Sharon jumping at any time mm-hmm. is because we have heard of women. And you've had a friend, you know, a guy friend back in the day or whatever. Yeah, because you always hear about... Women, women, women. You always women. hear about women. And then you never hear about, like, men. Or you, or when you do hear about men, you don't think that... You think it's kind of funny in a way because you're right. like, wow, a man in, a, in an abusive situation, you think that it's impossible because a man can hurt a woman very easily. I mean, we saw, we saw how hurt she came in right. afterwards. And you think that that's not... I don't know that a man's never going to be in that situation, but I have had a friend that's a male that's been in that situation and it, and it's, it's very real. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's great that we're having this conversation because it will bring light to people who are going through this, who don't know um, how to reach out for help. Right. I almost think like it would be harder for a man to be in that kind of a situation because uh, only a man in that kind of situation that has morals about he refuses to put his hands on a woman would end up in that kind of a situation. Otherwise, he would just fight his way out. Right. But, you know, it's that. So he was raised better to not fight a woman or whatever. The other human. And you know what? I think that sometimes guys don't. They have a harder time expressing themselves or bringing their emotions to surface. But I think on the other on the other side, 
I think that guys may actually not talk about it because they may feel emasculated. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they're like, I can't go public about the fact that my wife is beating the crap out of me. You know, but it's been more socially accepted for women, for men to, or not socially accepted. That was the wrong choice of words, but it's more, um, common. It's more common. Thank you for, for men to abuse women mm-hmm. versus women abusing men. Mm-hmm. And when it does happen, people feel like, oh, well, why didn't you just beat the crap out of your own wife if she's beating you up? But he was raised the right way to exactly. not raise his hands to a woman, exactly. right? So that I could see where that, to be made fun of by friends, peers, you know, whomever, because it is, it's a little bit more like, I can't believe you, you know, you didn't, you're not stopping your wife. But mm-hmm. there's like, there's so many different types of abuse. Oh my gosh. So there's, like, there's oof. not just, you know, the physical, um, there's verbal, there's a lot of different types. Right. There's language abuse. There's, there's sexual abuse, you know, there's economic abuse because mm-hmm. that's one of the ones that you were talking about, right? In a previous relationship Absolutely. where they may not necessarily be physical, but they're like, oh, what are you going to do Without when you me. leave me? Yeah. Right. They'll control every move through finances. Right. So it, it, it becomes an economic abuse. Absolutely. So at that point, many women, um, and I'm just going to speak to women because that's what I have had experience with just people that I've known in the past. And they end up leaving in the middle of the night mm-hmm. with nothing in hand, mm-hmm. right? With with whatever clothing they're wearing is what they have. No makeup, no no belongings. And this point is just like, I'm sick and tired of living the life that I've been living to the point where they're at that point, sorry, where they're just like, forget it. I want nothing from my previous life. I want to start over. And to be honest, if everything wasn't in my name, that would have been me. That would have been me calling you, knocking on your door. Carlos, I don't know where to go. I don't have anybody else, you know? But luckily, in my situation, everything was in my name, and that gave me the upper hand. But I feel like that's also what set him off. He the knew fact that he... He had nothing without me. And he knew that I was leaving whether he liked it or not. And I think it just made him snap. It just makes me so upset because I'm I'm kind of like reliving that night, you know, because afterwards, after you were physically abused and you ended up in a sling and I mean, you still are suffering from the aftermath. And as a hairdresser, for those of you that don't know, uh, Miss Jackson works with us at the salon. And for those of you that just tuned in, um, Sharon and myself are hairdressers at Trademark Salon. And Miss Jackson is one of another one of our associates. And, you know. You use your arm on the daily and it's, it's those little things that we take for granted, like mm-hmm. being able to raise your arm or shampoo someone that has limited your, even your job currently. You know, it's funny because like we always laugh at Tim for not wanting to do extracurricular activities that he could hurt himself, right. he could break a hand. Like but skiing I'm like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But you know, when this situation happened, I'm like, God, I would just give to be able to scratch my ear. <laughs> like the little things in on. life the little things oh, in God, life. i thought you were gonna say your back because i couldn't see where you couldn't reach your back well or... see because it's like because well once i was able to like bend it to a 90 degree i could i could work out certain things but it went you got to get past that 90 or shampooing degree. your own hair that's what i was gonna say so last week when i got to the point that i could do my hair with two hands 
and I could feed myself with my right hand or steer my car. It's the little things that really. And how many weeks are are we away from this again? It was January six, six weeks. Yes, yeah, I mean you're still in your healing phase. I mean, because yeah, you absolutely. ended up with a horrible. Um, uh, my was elbow it? was dislocated, actually, and um, also sprained in the incident. So when it happened and I was thrown to the ground and my elbow came out of socket, um, I yelled that it was out of socket because I was in so much pain. And didn't you end up popping <clears throat> it yourself? He came towards me again, and I couldn't fathom if he was going to hurt or help, and I didn't take the chance. I popped it back in, and I kept swinging. Oh, my goodness. That's that just- is crazy. That is so absolutely crazy. So what do you think, what would be your number one advice to women or men listening to you right now? That if you start seeing, what were some of the signs perhaps that you were noticing that started escalating or they started scaling to right before he became abusive? And by abusive, I mean like physical, because Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was verbal, there was all kinds of other things, you know, associated with the abuse. So what really kind of... The red flags that I guess I just overlooked. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, when we initially broke up, because we were not in a relationship when this happened, we were broken you up. You guys for were on four a, weeks. right. You were on a, We were broken up because I told him, I'm like, you have seven weeks to figure out, you know, your life and where you're going to go. That's right. This is when he, when you guys had already split, but we you were, were still split. being very nice about it and exactly. being like, hey, you can still stay here, but. Because everything, we were together for four and a half years and everything was in my name, the car, the apartment. The only thing that was in his name was a light bill. And um, so. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so. The thing is that we came <laughs> as a salon afterwards, and he thought he was going to stick it to the man, you know, or well, in this no, case to MJ. Well, no, it was before that. Right. It was, it was so before it was Friday that. at work. So he had the lights disconnected. Yeah, I heard about remember? that. So we came very romantic. We had, remember oh, yeah. from the great like uh, blackout of Trademark Salon? We're whenever always they prepared stole, for a blackout. Oh, whenever they stole our copper wires at the beginning of last year or towards yes. the end of the one before. <laughs> and we had all of these lanterns, so we had... Her apartment was all lit with campfire lights that we had. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry, but that's right. Yeah, I like. know, I know. <clears throat> um, and so I was being gracious enough to be like, you know, hey, you got seven weeks to be able to be on your own and stand on your own two feet, even though he was born and raised here. And I'm from completely across the country. And so um, it was just like, I feel like that night kind of just resonated to him that um he had no chance of fixing things and mending things to be one again and that that really it made him snap when we initially broke up and I don't even think I ever told you this when we initially broke up that night he was threatening to kill himself he was like I can't take care of you and I can't take care of my daughter so what is my reason for living So that's definitely one of those things where they start projecting their sadness they start projecting everything because now this is a vicious cycle right mm-hmm. the abuser always falls in in a vicious cycle where they do they are either verbal sexual or physically abusive and then they're like please forgive me please come back don't leave me don't leave me i can't do i don't know what to do without you i don't know what my life would be so they almost guilt you back into like you know what maybe he is going to change maybe this is the time you know this was the last time that really freaked him out and now he's not going to do it and unfortunately many of times this ends up in being 
so physical to the point where somebody will lose their life. Somebody will lose their life. And that wasn't playing in the back of my head the whole, the whole time. It was just like, one of us isn't going to make it up out of here tonight, but it's going to be me. It's going to be me. So you, you had it in your mind, like you went into that flighter, that fight or flight, you know, mentality and you just knew that you, you, you were going to be the one making it out. Regardless. I was going to be the one making it out because I did nothing to deserve to be here. And in that moment, I realized it. Um, it was when we'd broken up that I'd realized my value and my worth and that I was, I was taking things in this relationship that were beneath what I, what I deserved. And, um, I think in those weeks that followed the breakup up into leading up into the night that he got physical, um, really kind of just reiterated all of it. Because like you said, they do hope for that, that, um, I can make it work because every day after I broke up from, with him, he did everything I ever asked him to do. Everything. Yeah, I remember you had mentioned that there were like the little things or, um, that you had been wanting him to do, just like, just basic stuff. Like taking out the like, trash or something like, like very that. basic Yeah, stuff. like taking out the trash. It's almost like manipulating. Exactly. It's very manipulating. Very much well, that's, so. That's what the abuser is, right? They, so they're very see, manipulative. I can see how it can fall into a cycle where it's hard to leave or you're scared to leave or whatever um, because they they can be very manipulative. And so in my situation. Manipulative. <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. <laughs> in my situation, when I saw that happening, I, I was already realizing what his, his brain was doing and what his goal was. Okay. Let me, let me be perfect for her now. And she'll, she'll see that I changed and she'll want me back. And when I would ask him about, I would do things intentionally, like ask him about his job search right. and his apartment search. And, hey, did you find a car today? What side of town are you looking on? He was still looking on this side of town, and I'm the only thing that he knows over here. And so I would pick up on those things, and I would leave at night on purpose. I may not go anywhere, but maybe walk around Walmart for about three, four hours. But he wasn't going to know that. You know, I had to make him believe that I'd moved on because even if I hadn't moved on with anybody else at that time— I needed him to know that I was done with him. Right. So that's the thing, though. There's there's so much physical, I mean, not just physical, but there's such a psychological abuse that occurs with, I mean, with any of this. Anytime that there's the word abuse associated to it, it's almost like we talk, we've talked about bullies. We've talked about, you know, all of these different things back in, or back in the day, in, in past episodes in regards mm-hmm. to... Um, any associated, sorry, I lost my word there for a second, but anything associated with an abuse, mm-hmm. right? There's also that psychological attachment, right? And guys, mm-hmm. just to clarify something, Sharon and myself are not counselors. We just happened to stumble on this topic and we had MJ come over and we were like, hey, you know what? Let's talk about this. But we don't have any expert um Yeah, actually, training. Have, yeah, I've never had any experience with any of this. So we're only speaking from what we know or what we've or what heard. we've experienced or, and seen. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So if we get any of this wrong. Please let us know. Don't come after but us. But 
don't come after us. <laughs> We're just trying to to shine some light, exactly. guys. Mm-hmm. This at, at the just end bring of the a little day, more awareness. Exactly, it's, it's bringing awareness. And if you guys are out there to where you're feeling alone or you feel like nobody's listening, like come on, just come know that forward. We, yeah, or like. You can always speak up. You can always find help or you, you know, there's always someone. There's always a hotline for us, you know, for to listen to you. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, why people, you know, when Carlos asked me, uh, you know, the first day I came back to the salon and I hadn't checked in with him or Tim to say, you know, what do I say to people? But he noticed that I was telling people that I fell or, you know, that I had a small accident or something like that. And it was more protecting the image of the salon. And he's like, no, 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 no. You speak your truth. And if you are okay with telling your story. I was okay with you telling people, oh, you know what? I tripped. Like, mm-hmm. I was ready to respect whatever you had whatever to say. Whatever I wanted. But you also came to me and you're like, I just feel like I'm lying. And I'm like, Miss Jackson, if you wanted people to know, like, I could care less about what the quote unquote image of the salon is, right? Mm-hmm. When one of my family salon family members are going through something, you are first of all you're not alone, and I think we showed you that because we oh. all came arms locked, you know, face front, like we're here to defend you, and I mean we were ready to throw down, right? Oh yeah. So when one of my family members is like hurting, and I see you, like I saw that you struggled. Telling people your story, the quote unquote truth of what happened. Oh, I tripped or I forgot what you were telling people at, at, at that beginning phase. And I came to you and I'm like, Miss Jackson, just tell people your truth. Like if you want to raise awareness, because it actually it was birthed from you. You know what you went through. And you're like, I think I, I think I want to say something about. Yeah, I want to help other people. And I'm like, hey, well, let's do an episode on the reset button yeah, so that you can bring awareness to other females or other males going through the same thing that you are going through. But um, it wasn't that I was ashamed, you know, that no. you would say I was beat. I'm like, Miss Jackson, speak your truth. And then I think that that's when you felt some sort of liberation or like something was lifted off of you because you were like, are you sure I can say the truth when it came to that? Because you didn't want to ruin the perfect image i guess quote unquote that we have at the salon which we don't i mean we're just as human as the people behind that camera or behind these speakers to say that uh the clients think that we're perfect or the image is perfect it was just more or less kind of i mean that's a big can of worms to open up and everybody does not receive that the same way right and i didn't want it to become an issue in the salon where clients felt like um, they were being exposed to a conversation they just didn't want to have. Right. But I feel like um, you've received a lot of support. Absolutely. I think so, she was showered with support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that also helps like our listeners realize that, uh, yes, it is hard to speak up, but I think there's a lot more people that are with you than people that are going to shy or, away or from shy that away conversation. From and I think you also face some people like, I, I I get what you're going through. Oh, yeah. Um, in some my, clients opened up. That's what I'm trying to say. Some, oh, yeah. Some clients opened up about things. Um, uh, work family, people that were at my, my office at my old apartment complex. Um, 
they've all opened up to me. And oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot about that lady that was one of the leasing officers. Yeah, leasing she was in an abusive whatever. relationship for 12 years. Oh my God, that's 12 awful. years. And she stayed because she had three small children. And she was like, well, where are they going to sleep? How am I going to feed my kids? What are they going to think? They love this man. And so because she, that's what they knew as their dad. She took those beatings every day oh for my God. 12 years. She just made my skin crawl again. And she was like, we'll move you to the front of the complex. She immediately like stepped be, up. Yeah, and, you'll, be, you'll be right next to the office. Here's my phone number. Here's my apartment number. You call, you scream, you bang on doors if you need help. She's the one that told you, don't forget to scream fire. Yeah. She's the one. Uh, yeah, I remember you saying that. Fire, because um, that night, I when the fight transferred from upstairs to downstairs, I opened every door I could open and just yelled, help me, please help and me. people would not step in. Nobody. People well, would rather run into a burning building than to help a woman escape her assailant. And that that is so true, because I feel like sometimes it becomes one of those, like the, oh my gosh, I forgot the actual term to it, but people get scared to step in and help because now you have like oh the good samaritan act and things like mm -hmm. that like people actually get freaking sued for helping somebody out in a yeah. situation like yours yeah like if they didn't if it didn't go the way that they wanted to so i could see why people shy away from this kind of stuff but that's why she told you scream fire because people are more likely to react to you saying fire fire versus help help exactly and the thing about it is it's not that i even wanted anybody to physically interject but just another presence most, probably would have stopped them. Exactly. Most men that do that are afraid of another man or they're afraid of someone seeing who they really are or what they really are. Right. And so if there's someone else present, they won't. They just won't. I've been that person for some of my friends and then nothing ever happened. And there's some cases where some people are just crazy. Bad shit loco. Yeah, I was going to say those words, but I was like, <laughs> oh, sorry. They sorry. I, I kind of <laughs> forgot we were in front of a mic. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, and they will do it anyhow. And I've been in those situations, too. But like you said, in the Good Samaritan Act, when people step in and they help you out and that woman or that man is too afraid of their assailant or their abuser to follow through. And that is the biggest issue is the follow through. Um, they'll turn it around on you. Right. They'll turn it around on you and be like, no, I didn't ask for your help. Why'd you do that? Yeah, I could see that because there, there, it has happened to where you see YouTube videos or whatever of like women being, you know. Because now it's worse for them at home. Because exactly. You just aggravated the situation you even further. You just made it worse for me. Now I just might die tonight. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I didn't even think about it that way, but you're so right. So it's just one of those things where you just kind of keep going um, unnoticed. Yeah, I mean, I had we had a we had a client in the salon today that um, she didn't know my story. I told her my story today, and she was saying that oh, she could understand why people would come for fire and not help me because she was driving down the highway as a new driver, just barely over the legal age, and. She saw a woman running across the beltway and she stopped and this woman gets in her car and is like, drive, drive, drive. And then next thing you know, there's this truck pulling up on the side of her and then now they're trying to take her off of the road. That's wow. crazy.
So people fear of putting oh themselves goodness. in danger as well. That is awful. That is absolutely awful, you know. And I feel my heart goes out to any any one of you, you know, whether you're seeing us at home or listening to us um, through this podcast and you guys are going through this. Like, for real, just dive deep into yourself. Like, is this what you want for the rest of your life? Or do you just want to go ahead and break this vicious cycle? And maybe it does mean going without for a little bit, going without a, a status or a car or a house or you won't go hungry. You know, there can always be a roof put over you. There's actually people that um, that you can go to. Like if you're somewhere in Houston, I know that there's a lot of different homes that help uh, women. And all you have to do is do a little research. If you're afraid of your of your abuser to track your Internet views or whatever, call a hotline. You know, like there's different hotlines that you definitely can call. Didn't you yeah, have a number? Yeah, we looked up a national. Yeah. It's, is it the national hotline for domestic I believe it violence? is the national yeah. number. And it's 1-800-799-7233. Once again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. So if you guys need help... I mean, you don't have to do the wink twice or whatever. Like, just call. I know, right? It's like, right. Melania, if you're listening, wink twice. No. <laughs> but there's also... Bad political joke. I know, bad political joke. <laughs> and then there's also... Because um, I have a, a client that actually... she I was telling you guys off, off air that she volunteers at a women's shelter and she says women show up with just nothing like they show up with their children and because they, show they up with leave nothing. in the middle of the night and they help them they help relocate them and it's all anonymous like they um, help place them in homes and they don't have to put their address or names or anything down anywhere and they they help them out so and to be there's honest there's a lot of help out there to be honest when i went to my office about this and told them what had happened the first thing they asked me was is he on your lease and I said, no, if he had been, I feel like they would have done something. They to would get have him done off. something to either get him off, to get him arrested or to just get me out of it. Right. They were very supportive. And I'm so glad. Absolutely. And I hope that maybe your angels at that apartment complex, which you've moved since. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they feel like it was the right. You no longer felt safe mm -hmm. in that space that that desecrated you, you know. I know that sounds awful that, you know, that, no, that abused you in, in a sense. I went back three weeks later to retrieve my mail because he did not return my mail key with my car keys and the house key, which didn't work because I changed the locks that day. Right. I remember. But um, um, I went back to go get my mail and there was one piece of mail with my name on it and a newspaper. So that means that he had totally gone back to retrieve mail over those last three weeks. So who knows if he stopped in the parking lot to to see if my car was there or knocked on the door to see if I would answer. So he was stalking like you. That. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, and there's no telling. So I was, I had to get out and people were like, are you sure you're not being paranoid? When I went back and got my mail, I was like, there it is. You may want to change the lock on the mailbox key because he's still coming on these premises. Ah, oh, that's so scary. Ms. Jackson, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that 
it's gotten a lot easier for you to talk about it because it mm-hmm. now seems like such a distant memory or mm-hmm. bad dream. But it was just a couple of weeks ago. It's still fresh. You're still healing from it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there might be some listeners that you've brought a little bit forward to light, you know, granting them permission to get out of that abusive mm-hmm. relationship or to seek help or yes. seek counsel or, you know, just simply get away. I hope so. I hope so. That was my entire uh wish for this. I mean, if I'm strong enough to be able to get through this and go through it and come out as positive as I have been, because it started immediately. I was just like, I was just happy that he was gone. I mean, and that's what I found my peace and happiness in daily. And if I can do that, I feel like any woman can. Any man can, any person, it doesn't matter how long you've been together, how much you love somebody. If they've abused you in any way, that love is not real. That love is not real. And there is someone to help you. Wow. Such a strong message. Sharon? I think that that was, I, I got nothing on that. <laughs> right. She's like, <laughs> you she did really it, well. She closed it strong. So guys, yes. there you have it. If you need help, we already gave you that hotline number. Miss Jackson will give it to us one more time. Um, but while she's fishing on it, just remember, you guys can always call somebody. You can always reach out to us and maybe we can help you find the help that you currently need. Again, Sharon and myself or Miss Jackson are not counselors or professionals within this subject. And we understand how difficult it could be at times for people to um, break away from their mm-hmm. abusers. So thank you guys for listening. That number, once again, is 1-800-799-7233. If you know of someone, if you can start recognizing some of the symptoms or some of the uh, the signs, like them calling off of work very frequently, showing up to work late, showing up with those very unexpected or, or unexplained bruising um what are some of the other signs? I, um, just shying away from uh, extracurricular activities. Shying away, yeah. I, I stopped going out, didn't want to go anywhere. And um, if you see those signs from somebody and you don't want to let them know or be involved publicly, silently call help for them. Send a, what is it called? A, a wellness check. Send an officer for a wellness check on that day that they call in. And it's like, well, why'd they call in? That was random. That excuse doesn't make sense. Wow. So that means I can't call out t- tomorrow? No, because no, I'll be coming looking for Mahano. <laughs> <laughs> Pitchfork. No, Pitchfork. really, in all seriousness, though. Um, yes, do check up on people. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there had to be Sharon with her Sharonism. Sorry. She had to bring him in. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know that this was a pretty heavy uh, subject, but Miss Jackson felt very compelled to try to share her story. So then, in that sense, she could definitely help some men and women come forward and away from an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you so much for listening. My name is Carlos Alvarez. This is Sharon Mahano. And this was our friend. MJ. So we will see you guys very soon. Thank you so much for listening and watching at home. Adios. Adios. <laughs>